The health and satisfaction of your relationships with yourself and with others are a choice. In our one-to-one, I asked my client, we'll call her Brandy, how she wanted to be known, what words she wanted people to use to describe her. A hard worker, a leader, motivated. And how do you think people currently describe you at work? I know what they say. They call me assertive, aggressive, bossy. They call me a bully. Hmm. And are you okay with that? I don't care what people think, she said to me. Well, you mentioned you wanted to be known as a leader, though. Do you think people see you that way? I don't know. What do you think people do to be described as a leader? Is there something specific that makes people think of that word to describe a person? Well, they get people to do their work. Is that all? Because that sounds like a manager to me. In my experience, there's a big distinction here. Sure, a manager gets people to do their work, but a leader inspires people to do their work. And I've seen the difference. I know when I'm working with a leader, I work harder and smarter. I know I contribute a lot more of myself when I'm working with a leader. Have you experienced that difference? Well, sure. But people should just do their job if they're getting paid for it. And if they don't like it, they should leave. They should find another job. Hmm, you have a lot of shoulds in that sentence, Brandy. And I agree. People who don't like their jobs and don't want to do them would be way better off leaving. Which is why being a leader versus being a manager can have a big impact on productivity, turnover, and the bottom line of an organization. Think about this. How long will a person stay at a job they don't like with a manager they don't respect or worse, that they're afraid of or intimidated by doing the minimum to get by before they choose to even start looking for another job? And how long might it take to go through the process of finding something new? You could have someone working for you at their low level for years. And the worst part is that if you're a manager and not a leader, you might not even know the amazing skills you're missing out on simply because the person isn't putting in their true effort and energy. Now, I know you're not like that. I know you'll work hard no matter where you're working. It's your work ethic. And I get that. I value that. But have you ever had an experience where you put in even more of your effort because you had a boss who trusted you? She told me a story about a former boss who seemed to inspire her, a boss who knew how smart she was, saw her potential, and encouraged her to apply for more responsible jobs. So that sounds like a leader. Did did she lead you because she believed in you and inspired you? She nodded. Did she do that by telling you exactly what to do and how to do it? Did you ever think of her as aggressive or a bully? No. I asked a few more questions about how that former boss treated her, how she made her feel. I asked her for specific examples of conversations she had that made her want to be at work. And I could see the light start to turn on in her head. If you want to be a leader, Brandy, the kind of person who inspires people to do their work well, to share their best ideas about how to improve processes, make things even better, 
people have to trust you. They have to know you'll help them without judging them for needing help. As a leader, you have to create an environment where people see the positive impact of being there on your team, on your clients, and in their personal lives. Otherwise, they're likely just putting in the time, doing what they have to, to get through the day until you lose them and all of the potential you hired them for. She sat quietly, glaring at me a little. I knew I had touched a nerve. Our meeting was ending and I smiled warmly at her. You have the potential to be a leader, Brandy. You're smart, you're a hard worker, and you're ambitious. If you choose to make the changes in the way that you interact with your team, the ones we've been talking about, they may not believe it at first. You're going to have to be consistent in those changes we discussed. And it'll take time. It'll be worth it. And it's up to you. And I'm here to support you. She left quietly, far less arrogant than when she arrived. And I knew I momentarily diminished her confidence. And I also knew that conversation was a critical one in her journey. The next time I saw her a few days later, her attitude was back in full force. I knew from conversations with her colleagues that so far, things hadn't changed much. That's the thing about my work. There's no guarantee people will choose growth. The people with great potential will choose self-reflection and make changes in how they communicate to the benefit of everyone around them and definitely to their career. It can be really hard to look in the mirror that deeply to know that the majority of your dissatisfaction is simply you getting in your own way. It's way easier to blame others for it, to pretend you're satisfied, or worse, to decide that you can't change and resign yourself to suffering, to martyrdom. My own experiences with this have been life-changing. And I know my relationships with my family, my friends, my children, my clients, and my network have improved and grown stronger as a result of that mirror gazing. And I haven't changed who I am. I've made great efforts to be a better listener, which has significantly improved my ability to influence others. We don't have to change who we are. We have to choose how we present ourselves. We have to choose to listen more carefully, to watch the reactions our words have on others, and to care when we've hurt someone. We have to see people in multiple dimensions. I have no idea whether any of the work Brandy and I did together has had an impact on her over the past few years. And in my experience, the keys here are choice and consequences. Brandy doesn't have to change anything. She'll likely move up through the ranks of management because she's ambitious and smart. And she can remain a manager, oblivious to the impact of her bullying on her ability to be a leader and to get the most out of people. And that's her choice because she knows how she's being perceived. And if that's the case, she just has to be okay with the consequences of that choice. It's as simple as that. You can be a bully. You can be a jerk or an asshole. You don't have to change and no one can make you. 
but you do have to be okay with the consequences. If you've listened to the past few episodes of this podcast, you know I've been focused on identity, relevance, and authenticity, and the idea of surrounding yourself with people who support and encourage you in your adventures as you transform and grow, set big goals with big visions. This episode is no accident. You are ready to shift, to find more satisfaction in your career and life. And that means you have to surround yourself with people who will call you on your bullshit with love and in a way that inspires and motivates you. These are the people who will help make sure you have the tools and resources necessary to become exactly the person, the leader you aspire to be, no matter your title or where you happen to sit. Join me and the most generous, supportive, successful professionals you can experience at the next No Longer Virtual Summit in Chicago on February 27th and 28th, 2023. Visit elkinsconsulting.com forward slash NLV hyphen home to register. Thanks so much to Heather Younger, my dear friend and bullshit caller, for reminding me of the importance of listening. Thank you for listening to Your Stories Don't Define You, How You Tell Them Will. And if you're ready to get started in collecting your own stories so you can share them when the opportunity presents itself, please feel free to download our free story collection worksheet with a brief tutorial at elkinsconsulting.com. Mm-hmm.